We're in John chapter 13 and 14 today. Um, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. And I want to ask you, over this past period of time, um, has, has your heart been troubled? Has your heart been troubled lately? Um, I'll be honest, mine has. Uh, you know, over the past few years, um, there's been some really heavy stuff. Uh, between just stuff going on in our world, uh, stuff going on in our church. Um, my heart has been very heavy um, at times, uh, especially with, with walking through some of those things. Um, my heart has been heavy as people have decided to walk away from our church, and my heart hurts for them and for those lost relationships. Um, my heart hurts for those who have stuck with it in our church um, and the, the pain that I've seen you guys go through as friends have, have left the church and that kind of thing. But my heart is also um, rejoiced with so many of you who have joined the church or started coming um, over this same period of time and uh, very excited about that. Um, my heart also looks with excitement and anticipation for what God has ahead of us um, and what he has in store for this church down the road. But I have to say, as, as much as my heart has been troubled over church stuff, world stuff, family stuff, health stuff, whatever stuff, I don't think my level of heart troubledness can compare to what the disciples were facing in the passage we're looking at today. It's finally starting to click for the disciples what Jesus has been saying for weeks now. The fact that he's about to die, the fact that he's about to go to the cross, um, that he's going to lay down his life, that he's going to be glorified, and it's starting to click for the disciples what he's saying. And so they are, are really wrestling with this. And so when, you're, when the disciples are wrestling with something, what happens? Peter speaks up. Um, and so Peter, Simon Peter, um, in verse, verse 38 of John 13, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. And, and so here we see Peter, I think, in, in his kind of restless heart, not, you know, these, these guys, they've given up everything. Think about it. Put yourself in their shoes. For three years now, they have been following Jesus around. They've left their careers. They've, they've left their jobs behind. They've, they've left everything, and they're, they're just with Jesus. They're just following this guy because they believe in him. They believe in what he's doing. And then here he is. He's like, um, yeah, and where I'm, where I'm about to go, you can't come. I mean, what? Wait, wait a second. I, I signed up for this whole thing. Like, I'm with you to the end, to the kingdom, to everything. And you're saying, no, where I'm going, you can't come? 
And here Jesus gives basically two prophecies about Peter. One, he says, you can't come, you can't follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. What does that mean? Jesus was talking about Peter's ultimate death, which through church history, we know that Peter too was crucified. But the way church history records it, at the moment of when he was about to be crucified, he said, no, hang me upside down. I'm not worried that he die in the same way as Christ. And so from church history, we know that, yes, Peter did ultimately follow Jesus into death. He did lay down his life for Jesus. But Jesus tells him right here, hey, before tomorrow morning, you know, before the alarm goes off, that's the rooster crowing, you know, before the alarm goes off in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. And that's where Peter is. And as you can imagine, I would, I would think this would be a really heavy, weighty situation. And so here's what Jesus says. And these words were a great comfort to me this week as I was studying for this, path, this message. John 14, 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And now what the disciples are dealing with is they're, I mean, yeah, Jesus is saying, I'm about to die. I'm about to go to the cross. And his word to them is, let not your hearts be troubled. And I want to encourage you with those same words today. Whatever it is that weighs on your heart, that's, that's had you weighted down, that you've lost sleep over, that you're, that just is too heavy for you. I encourage you with Jesus's words. Let not your hearts be troubled. How do we do that? You're like, well, yeah, that's one thing to say that, Wayne, but how do you do that? He gives the answer right here. Believe in God, believe also in me. You see, the disciples, their specific thing that they're dealing with is, and he knows that they're going to deal with even more in the next 24 hours as they really get it, is the fact that he is about to die. That he is going to be dead. He is going to be in a tomb. He is going to be buried. And he's given them this admonition. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. How does that help? That helps in this way. When you believe in God, then you know that he's got it all under control. And as messed up as it looks to us and as bad as our situation might look and as chaotic as everything could possibly be, when we have belief in God and belief in Jesus Christ, then we know that he's got it ultimately under control and he's going to handle it. And in that, we find peace. Peace is found in believing in God and in his son, Jesus Christ. There's great peace here. And so when we face these things in our lives, when we face these things in the world, it's, it's easy for us in our own flesh to say, to get really weighed down, to get really troubled. Um, I started off telling you in the sermon, like past few years, I've really wrestled with this a lot. But what I've found is, is that when I go back to this place where I'm believing and trusting in God and in Jesus Christ, then those things seem to not matter that much anymore. 
I'm able to put those things at his feet and I'm believing in God and I'm believing in what he is going to do and how he is going to work. And I'm, I'm getting myself and my problems out of the situation. I'm getting myself out of the way and I'm focused in on him. And in that, he brings peace. He brings uh, contentment. He brings the solution to a troubled heart. And so I encourage you with that today. What is it that's been troubling your heart? What is it? What's been weighing on you? What's been difficult for you? I want to propose that maybe whatever that thing is running through your mind right now, that might be the thing that's in between you and God. It might be that thing that Scripture talks about calling them idols. That thing that you think you're the only one that can handle this situation or you're the only one that can make sure this works out or this is all on you. And I propose to you to lay that thing down and put Jesus in the place and let not your heart be troubled. Well, Jesus goes on in verse 2. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Amen, brother. (laughs) In my Father's house there are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you uh, that I go prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know where I am going. So, Jesus here is like, hey, you guys are really worried. You're worried about what's going to happen. You're going to be more worried in a few hours. But here's the deal. Here's the end of the road. My father's house has many rooms. I was telling Mark before the service a a song from my teenage years, uh, the Christian rock song, Big, Big House. Anybody know that one? My Father's House, Big, Big House, Audio Adrenaline. Yeah, a few of you. A few of you there with me. Yeah. Uh, Has a great electric guitar riff at the beginning, so you need to learn it, Mark. It's going to change your life. Uh, Not much depth to the song at all, um, other than that God has a big, big house. Um, But uh, anyway, that just came back to me when I was working on this last night. And and so, so yeah. But... uh, He does. He has a big, big house. And I don't know about you. Have you ever been in a situation when somebody's kind of underselling something? Um, I remember one time when I was a youth minister down in the South, we heard about uh, this new camp facility that was being opened not too far from where we were. And so me and a coworker, we went to go check it out to see if it was a good place for us to do like retreats and that kind of things for our youth. And so we go and we check this place out. It's, it's like middle of nowhere, Alabama, and you drive up and then all of a sudden there's like these really nice, really well-built facilities like out of nowhere. And, and so I'm talking to this guy that's, that's the one that's running it. And he's like, yeah, well, my, it was kind of my dad's passion. And like he, he just kind of started this. His goal was uh, by the time he was 50 to have 50% of his time and 50% of his money going to ministry. 
And I was looking around, I'm like, well, if all this is 50% of one guy's time and money, like he had a lot of money um, because like this place is really nice. Like it's really good stuff they're doing here. So I just was kind of curious and I'm asking, I was like, so what did your dad do? Or like, what does he do? And he's like, well, he's, he's kind of in construction and he kind of was in restaurants. He had a, he had a few restaurants and that kind of thing. And, and like guys totally underselling it. Like I can tell like there's, there's gotta be more to the story. Um, and so I kept asking him questions and finally he, he just opened up. He told me, he's like, well, have you heard of a restaurant called the melting pot? Have you guys heard of that up here? Okay, so the melting pot is a chain throughout the South of, it's, it's considered like a fancy fondue restaurant, okay? So, like, it's really nice, really, like, it's a, a great date night kind of place. Well, it ends up this guy's dad started that whole chain and then sold it, all right? Um, and so, yeah, he was, by the time we got him actually talking, he was like, yeah, at one point I had, like, a little card that said I could go into any melting pot and they would let me eat for free. I was like, dude, that's, like, that's worth thousands. Um, uh, but, I mean, I'm just sitting here, I'm like, man, this guy's dad is the one who was a genius, who figured out he could charge people more money by having them cook their own food in his restaurant. Like, that dude's a genius, right? Like, what a smart guy. Um, but anyway, this whole situation, this guy's just, he's totally underselling it, totally underselling it about who his dad is and what his dad's done. Well, I feel like that is true with Jesus here when he just says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. In his father's house, there are many rooms. All right, this house is called other places in Scripture. It's, it's, called, it's called heaven. Um, it's called his kingdom. It's called a nation. It's called paradise. It's called a place of rest. In fact, when John records the vision of what it looks like when this house, this place, comes down in the new heavens and the new earth, the new city, which would be God's house, the house that he's talking about here with all the rooms, it measures out to be more than double the size of British Columbia. That's a big house. I mean... That would take us, what, like a day to drive from one side to the other? I don't know. Maybe in that point we have like teleportation skills or something. I don't know. But, but I mean, this is a big, big house. And Jesus is giving this comfort to the disciples. He's saying, hey, what's about to happen? You're going to be worried. You're going to be troubled. Your hearts are going to be heavy. But don't worry. Don't be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Because here's what's going to happen. My father's house is coming and I'm preparing a place for you. I'm getting it ready. I'm getting it ready for that time in the end where all those are mine. We come together in my father's house. There is no more sin. There is no more suffering. There is no more pain. There's nothing for your heart to be troubled over. Everything is perfect in my father's house. And I give us that same encouragement today that he's given the disciples here, that whatever it is that's troubling us, whatever it is that's weighing us down so much, really how much is that going to matter when we're in our Father's house? When all these things are stripped away. And so 
we see here that Jesus is preparing a place for us, and then he's coming back to get us. That's what he says. Here's the plan. Here's the roadmap. Here's what's going to happen. And he's coming back, and then we get to go and be with him. Well, here, I think, I think Peter was, was still kind of like a little shell-shocked from being told he's going to deny him three times. So Peter's being quiet for just a minute, and Thomas speaks up. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going or how, and how can we know the way? Right? Like, he's like, we've been following you for three years, but the way that we do that is you tell us where you're going, and then we go with you. But now you're saying... We can't come with you, and so how do we get there? Right? I love the simplicity of this guy. Right? This is the same guy. A few days later, he's like, "I'm not believing until I can touch his hands and feel the scars." Right? Like this, poor Thomas. Like these are the things we know about him from Scripture. Like pretty much these two things. Um, but yeah, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And then Jesus said to him, "I am the way and the truth." In the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. You see, Jesus is the way. What he did on the cross paid the punishment for sin so that filthy sinners like me and like you can be redeemed. We can be purchased by his blood. Our sins can be washed away so that we can enter into our Father's house. So that we can enter into his presence. So that we can be with him forever. Because our sin separates us from God. But Jesus redeems and restores and takes that away. And I want to encourage you today that if you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ and you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior, to do that today. It makes all the difference in the world. Believe in God. Believe also in him. Because it's through him and through what he did on the cross that we have the way into the Father's house. Now, I want to challenge us a little bit here, even with our thinking about this. Because I think we can fall into thinking about this just in the judicial sense, just in the legal sense. What I mean by that is what I just said. We just think about it in the sense of like, I'm a sinner. I am guilty. Jesus paid the price for me. Um, He paid my get out of get out of hell free card. And so I've got that now. So now I can, I've got my ticket, my golden ticket to get into heaven, right? Like, um, and, and that's all it boils down to. But in context here, what Jesus is saying to these guys is, you know me. Their knowing of him was this three-year relationship of in and out, day and night, travel together, sleeping together, eating together, um, hearing him teach constantly, hearing what he had to say about everything. That was their knowing him. It's a deep, intimate relationship. And he says, it's because you know me, because you have this deep, intimate relationship with me, this closeness with me, that you have your way into the Father's house. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And because you know me, because you have this relationship with me, because you have this intimate closeness with me, you have no reason to fear. He's not saying like, hey, just check off these facts or pray this prayer and you're good. What he's saying is, you know me, you have a relationship with me, and so you're good. 
And I want to encourage us today that that's what each and every one of us need is we need that closeness with Jesus. We need that kind of relationship with him, that it's daily, it's hourly, that we're walking with him, that we're following him, that we're saying, Lord, where are you going? That we have the same kind of passion that Thomas has here, that, that Lord, we, 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 I don't understand this part. Help me understand this part. I just want to be with you. I want to be where you are. I want to have that closeness with the Spirit with you. And we see here that entrance into God's kingdom is only granted based on knowing Jesus. This has great implications for so many things. This verse is such a key verse on the importance of Jesus. If you believe that, well, you're just, if you're a good enough person, then you're going you're gonna to get into the Father's house. Well, sadly, that's not what Jesus is saying here. If you believe that, well, all religions lead to the same place, um, they all end up in the Father's house. Sadly, that is not what Jesus is saying here. If you believe that, well, in the end, everybody gets to the Father's house, sadly, that is not what Jesus is saying here. What he's saying here is that he alone is the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through him. He's the only way. And that is why we want everybody to know about him and to come to know him. So that they too can have entrance into the Father's kingdom. Where we're in that big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. And according to Audio Adrenaline, it has a big, big yard where we can play football. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the promises in it. We thank you that the, just the peace and the relief that it brings to us. That as we struggle with things, as we have troubled hearts, we're able to go to your word and just be reminded from your words, let not your hearts be troubled. And so God, whatever it is that might be troubling our hearts, that's weighing us down, that's heavy on us in this time and in this moment, Lord, just help us to lay those things at your feet and remember that you've got this under control. And in the end, we ultimately get to come to your house, that we ultimately get to come and be with you. Jesus, we thank you for the price that you paid for us to be able to, to do that. We are humbled by it, and we give you all glory and praise and honor. And I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.